Just suppose God searched through heaven and couldn't find one willing to be the supreme sacrifice that was needed that would buy eternal life for you and me. not been for a place called Mount Calvary, had it not been for the old rugged cross, had it not been for a man called Jesus, then forever my soul would be so glad he was willing to drink his bitter cup although he prayed father let it pass from me and i'm so glad he never called heaven's angels from these hands pulled the nails that torment me had it not been for a place called Mount Calvary, had it not been for the old rugged cross, had it not been for a man called Jesus, then forever my soul would be lost. Had it not been for a place called Mount Calvary, had it not been for the old rugged cross, had it not been for a man called Jesus, then forever my soul would be lost. Let's take our Bibles tonight. Turn over the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 tonight. We're going to start with just this one verse, and we're going to look at a few things this evening. We're going to discuss uh, fasting tonight just a little bit. And um, the reason we're going to do that is because um, starting tonight, I'm going to ask that you sign up to fast over the next three weeks. Uh, we have, of course, our um, neighbor day coming up, as well as the reality of our building and the need there financially. And so over these next three weeks, I'd like to, if, as much as possible, as many as possibly can, uh, I'd like to see somebody fasting every day. Um, <clears throat> every day of the week, basically, as we move forward in these next three weeks, as we look forward to a big day on Neighbor Day, October the 4th, as well as uh, meeting the need in our building. So anyway, back on the uh, Welcome Center is a, uh, uh, just a sign-up sheet. It's an eight and a half by 14. It has Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm not sure if Sunday's on there or not. I can't remember. Did I put Sunday on there? I can't remember. I did. Okay. <clears throat> so we'll have seven days. 
and uh, we'll, we're just going to ask people to sign up. There may be multiple people on one day and only one or two on another day, but uh, I'd just like to see us fasting as a church corporately uh, throughout the week over the next three weeks, asking the Lord to bless that day on October the 4th, that neighbor day, with souls and with just uh, life change and just with the Lord doing miracles in our services and in the lives of people, and then, like I say, providing for us. So we had a good uh, couple weeks. Actually, two weeks ago, um, we had, uh, as far as our building's concerned, uh, we had a number, a bottom-line number that we had, and uh, that bottom-line number um, was, uh, I can't remember the exact number now, I, really it's not important, but the fact is is that uh, this last Friday when I had my, my uh, meeting, um, we, we actually had $10,000 more than we had two weeks ago, and we've done work since. So, you know, the Lord meeting needs already, and so we're excited about that, and uh, that's always good news. I don't really know exactly where the money came from. I, I decided not to look because I was afraid somebody might have stolen something or <clears throat> played the lottery or something, and I didn't want to learn or find out about that. So anyway, uh, that's uh, wonderful news, and again, um, it just extends our ability. It just takes us out just a little farther. And so we just keep on going, keep trusting the Lord. And so we've been able to keep moving, and that's good news. We haven't had to stop yet. So we'll just keep on going as the Lord provides. And again, we need to continue to pray. As you well know, I mentioned that we were about 130000 short on getting into the buildings. And uh, so now, obviously, we're not quite that short anymore, are we? And that's good news there. So let's just keep asking the Lord to bless, to meet needs. And I think fasting is important. And tonight we're going to look at fasting for just a few moments. We're not going to get into it too awfully deep because we don't have too much time. Tonight, of course, we have uh, communion, and we're going to be uh, uh, involving ourselves with that at the end of the service. So I don't want to uh, go super late tonight. I want to get done no later than 7 so that we can kind of move along with our, fa- our, our uh, Lord's Supper and we're not distracted by the time at all. So let's go ahead and take a look at Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read just one verse there. Verse 16, in that particular passage, we read, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. They have their reward. Now I want to focus on a little statement right there uh, early on in that verse. Chapter 6, again, verse 16. It simply says, Moreover, when ye fast. When ye fast. Um, fasting, it seems to me, um, is something that we're expected to do. It's not necessarily something that you have to do all the time. But it's something that as believers you're going to do. When you fast. Now again, someone could say, well, that's just if you fast. Well, I think if he meant if, he would have said if. So I do think that he said when for a reason. All right, so now again, here's the thing. Uh, you know, we're going to find as we move along, fasting's not fun, okay? It's, it's not the greatest thing in the world to do if you enjoy eating. And last time I checked, we all like to eat a little bit. Matter of fact, last time I checked, it was quite obvious. <clears throat> so, what? So anyway, um, you guys must be thinking something I'm not. But nonetheless... Um, the fact is, is that we enjoy food. And, and the truth is that when it comes to fasting, let's face it, you're dealing with an issue of uh, our sustenance. It, 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 gives us very, it gives us life itself. We stop to eat. We stop drinking. We, we, we cease to live. We cease to function. 
So, you know, fasting is something that is not always easy. We're denying ourselves often what is necessary, what's needful for life. Now, again, in America, we are, we are extremely excessive in food. You and I would agree with that, I'm sure. Um, you know, I just recently talked to somebody the other day, while, uh, and we were talking about portions of food. And they mentioned how uh, with this particular program they're working with, they gave them little um, plastic containers. And so they would put uh, their food in those containers, which would help them to measure their food intake. And they said it was extremely enlightening to them because, boy, they had been eating so much and did not realize how much they were actually eating. So in America, we, we really, in many cases, instead of <clears throat> eat to, uh, to live, we live to eat. And, and that's, that could be, I guess that's kind of a problem. Matter of fact, it, it obviously is a problem. Obesity in America is uh, just running rampant. I think there's two real reasons for that. Number one, uh, we eat a lot of food. <laughs> Number two, we don't do anything. So I think if we started doing something, we could probably afford to eat some more food. But it's a little hard to do that when you're playing video games all day. Is it any wonder our children are overweight? But anyway, um, <clears throat> that's a whole other subject. But uh, fasting. So it, it appears to me that fasting is something that's, that we ought to do. Now, you, you say, well, how much do you fast? Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a real fun. I don't like fasting much. It's, really, it's, it's not the top of my list. It just isn't. Uh, you say, why not? Because I don't like to deny myself anything. This right here, I know some of you wish you could get a hold of that right there, but, but uh, <clears throat> this right here is called flesh, and you know what this flesh likes? Food. It enjoys its food. I think some of these young teenagers over here, they're all smiling because they're going, yeah, we do too. Or, or is that because you really wanted to, you, you want to you try that out? No? Okay. All right. It was about the food, right? Okay, good. All right. I was getting nervous there for a minute, brother. But anyway, that's <laughs> I don't know why. We'll get to, we'll get to uh, the Lord's Supper soon. So anyway, <clears throat> so fasting's expected. I, I, I feel like it's something that as believers, we ought to be doing it. Is it something that we all like to do? No, not necessarily. It's like going out and knocking a door. I mean, who really, you know, I mean, very few people really enjoy knocking a door like, oh, I can't wait to get out there. Can't wait to knock on doors. Can't wait. No, I mean, very few people are that anxious to do it because they're, a little, they're nervous. Their flesh is like, oh boy, what are you going to run into? You, you, you know, you're going to get... But you do it because you, you want to be right with God. You want to be obedient. But I'll tell you what, fasting is something we need to do as believers from time to time because it's really helpful. It's beneficial. And so it, it is important in that regard. Whether you like it or not, it's needful. And it appears that it's almost expected by the Lord. When ye fast. When ye fast. All right, also, we think about fasting, not only does it seem to be expected, but throughout the Bible, there's a number of examples of fasting. And so I want to take just a minute and just look at a couple of those, all right? Well, before we move along, let's have a quick word of prayer. Father, we come to you, we need you, we love you, and Lord, we're thankful to be a part of your family tonight. We're going to have the opportunity here in just a few moments, Lord, to reflect and remember what you did for us on Calvary, how your body was broken, how your blood was shed. And Lord, we thank you for that privilege and that opportunity. Lord, tonight, help us now as we consider this um, much-needed area of fasting. And Lord, as we as a church begin to fast, because the needs are so great, because, Lord, we want to see your hand moving like never before, and because we want to see Satan's hands taken off, God, help us, Father, to see a miracle. 
as a result of our willingness to die to self and crucify this flesh. We love you. We need you now. Encourage us and instruct us tonight in Christ's name. Amen. So we think about fasting in the Bible. Look, if you will, and uh, I guess we could take a look here at uh, Exodus chapter 34, verse 28, first of all. Let's just note that very quickly. We're going to see Moses. And Moses, he did some fasting in his day, didn't he? Matter of fact, Moses did some pretty miraculous fasting. You know, you, you talk uh, about, um, you know, science and what the body's required to have in order to exist and continue. And yet, Moses is going to break all the laws, uh, it seems to me, uh, of science here. I mean, he, he, just watch what he does here. Exodus thirty-four twenty-eight. <clears throat> the Bible says, and he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. Now, he's up in the mount. And it says, and he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. You say, well, that's impossible. If you don't drink water for 40 days, you'd die. Take it up with God. He's the one to put it in the Bible. I don't know. But anyway, <clears throat> he says he, he there he neither did eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. We could look at Deuteronomy chapter 9 and we'd see the same situation being expressed to us. Forty days, forty nights. Moses. Now, now I'll be honest with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wow, that's something. The fact is, is that I've never fasted forty days and forty nights. Especially without water. Okay? Now, I, I don't, I, if somebody in here did it, then I'd, I'd like to talk to you because that would be an, that'd be an amazing feat. Moses did, though. Moses did that. He did a fast, 40 days, 40 nights. The inhabitants of Nineveh, the inhabitants of Nineveh, they did a fast. In Jonah chapter 3, verse 7, the Bible says, And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. You believe that? So now we have this fast. Okay, we have Moses, and now we have even uh, the inhabitants of Nineveh. Remember when uh, Jonah's going there to preach this uh, this um, message of repentance, you know, you better get right. God's going to rain judgment on you, boy. I actually just told them God was going to rain judgment on them. They decided to have a fast. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me. But um, here we have now them not eating anything, them not drinking anything. That's how their fast went. That's an interesting fast, isn't it? John the Baptist and his disciples, or should I say his disciples, Luke chapter 5, verse 33, And they said unto him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise the disciples of the Pharisees, but thine eat and drink. <clears throat> Remember here, Jesus' disciples are eating and drinking. He's not fasting at that time. One day he's going to go away, they'll be eating and drinking. They'll be fasting then as well, he said. But the fact is, is that John's disciples are fasting. And that, that's interesting. So here they are fasting. And uh, they're eating and drinking. They're not, they're not eating or drinking, apparently. Esther and her people. Remember, Esther asked for a fast. And so she asked that they neither eat nor drink three days or nights. Isn't that something? A fast for three days and three nights, no water, no food. Paul in Acts chapter 9, verse 9, he was there three days without sight and neither did eat nor drink. In the Bible, the fast from time to time, you see the fasting in the Bible, a lot of times they didn't eat or drink. That, that, that's, that's some major fasting, isn't it? That's something. Someone says, well, that's not healthy. I don't know, I'm just reading from the Bible. I, I don't know, I'm just saying that's what they did. 
I'm not saying that uh, necessarily that's what you do or that's what I do. I'm saying that in the Bible many times as we read through some of these verses, we see that. Now, there are fasts that seem to be um, maybe a food fast, okay, just fasting food. You know, over there in the book of Matthew, you know, you see different things about Jesus. We have an example of him. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward a hundred. So obviously he hadn't been eating any food. So there's fasting that's taking place here. That in the Bible, there's a number of examples of fasting. But over, there's about 120 times fasting's mentioned either directly or indirectly. And there's only really one incident where it was anything short of basically complete abstinence from food. You know, we, we, we're, you know, again, <clears throat> you know, we've had, uh, you know how it is, you know, we like to talk about things like, well, let's, let's fast our chips this, this week. People do so, you know, well, let's fast our chips. Let's, let's fast pop or, you know, carbonated drinks. We're going to fast our carbonated drinks. Hey, nothing wrong with that. You know, we'd all be better off probably not to drink as much sugar and all that stuff. That'd, that'd be good for us. So I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying that's bad. But, you know, we start talking about fasting in the biblical sense. Uh, you're not eating. It's not just a matter of giving up something like, I'm going to give up caffeine for a day. That's my fast. No, biblically, the fast was you gave up food. You gave it up. And in many cases, they gave up food and drink. And that, that, that'd be really rough. You know, but, but that's, that's what we see. <clears throat> and there's reasons for that. We'll talk a little bit about that. But the, the fact is, is that the fast in the Bible appears to be food, minimum. You know? We didn't just give up using the chariot for a day. You know, or something like that. Or I didn't wear my sandals, you know. Uh, I walked over those hard rocks today. No, it was they gave up food. <clears throat> and so it's important that we note that. I think that's important too. Because let's face it, as Americans, we're pretty good. You know, we're kind of like, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're kind of like these backyard lawyers. You know, we got these ways of getting around everything. And so I'm going to do a fast. But, you know, with me, it's a little bit different. Because if I don't eat, I get dizzy. And if I don't eat, I get a headache. And if I don't eat, I get this. And, you know, it's different with everybody else. None of them have problems. It's just me. I got a little problem. So I'm just going to give up. I'm going to give up. Oh, boy. What can I give up? Eating pie. I'm going to give up eating pie. That's not really the, the, the spirit of fasting, folks. That's all I'm saying. I just want us to understand that's not what it's really about. See, fasting is about suffering. That's really what it's about. So if it don't hurt, it didn't do any good, so to speak. It's kind of like that spanking. If you spank your kids and it don't hurt, it didn't help. That's all there is to it, okay? If it don't hurt, it doesn't help. Now, <clears throat> so here we go. Most of the fasts in the Bible were short fasts. They were very short. They weren't real long. Oh, you say, what about Moses? <clears throat> yeah, Moses was a real long fast. Jesus, long fast. Um, <clears throat> a couple of the other places, three-day fast maybe. But look at over here in the Bible. Let's just turn to a couple. Can I have a little help here? Uh, you got a King James Bible with you. Can you give me help? I, just need, I need one person to turn to Judges 20, 26 and read it. Who, who'll do it. You'll do that. Who will turn to 1 Samuel 14, 24? Who will do that one? Okay. How about 2 Samuel 1.12? Okay, right there. And um, 2 Samuel 3.35. Anybody over here? All right. Joshua, is that you? Okay, my eyes are really bad. I'm sorry I can't see too good <clears throat> without my glasses. Okay, so let's go ahead and read those. Judges 20.26, would you please stand and read that for me, please? And then we'll go ahead and um, continue. When all the children of Israel and all 
all the people went up and came unto the house of God and wept and sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Thank you very much. First Samuel fourteen twenty four. Right, Second uh, Samuel one twelve. And they mourned and wept, fasted until even, for Saul and for John for his son, for the people of the Lord, and for the house of Israel, because they were fallen by the sword. Second Samuel three thirty five. Okay, notice again, uh, in these particular passages, in many of these cases, it was till the evening. So they're missing food through the day. They're not eating through the day. But the, the fast wasn't, <clears throat> you know, a three-day fast, a four-day fast, a five-day No, it was a short fast. It was a, basically a day, we'll say. Just a, a day fast is all it was. Now, our day starts in, 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 in the evening a lot of times. We'll say, well, it's at midnight. You know, my wife gets angry at me because I do my fast different now. I do it biblically. <clears throat> you know that Jewish day, you know. That one that one started a lot of times, you know, evening, you know, Saturday at 6 o'clock till, you know, Sunday at 6, and then they could, you know, that, that was the Sabbath day, you know. So I got the thinking, hey, so I go 6 to 6 instead of midnight to midnight. Told you we're good lawyers. <clears throat> I figured out. Well, I figured it out. I can eat 5.45. And I'm good till 6.15 the next night. There you go. Oh, well, I just thought I'd fill you in on that, Brother Dean. I thought I'd give you an idea. So anyway, I, I'm just saying, I, I, you know, hey. But, but the object again, really, the object of fasting is not to try to get over it's to try to accomplish something for God. But the, sh- the fasts were short. Someone says, you're only asking us to fast a day? Yeah, just a day. In the Bible, a lot of fasts were just a day. Or through, through the whole day. But, but the focus, it depends on what your focus is. And so, they were short. You didn't have to be real long. Esther had a three-day fast. The burial of Saul, there was a seven-day fast. You know, we could go through over and over again. David for his child, others different ones. Moses, 40, 40 days. Three times he did that. Jesus, Elijah, 40-day fast. I understand there's some long ones, but the reality is the majority of fasts were short. So you don't have to be, you know, planning, okay, well, I better just hunker down. I've got to get ready for a three-day fast. This is going to be rough. Man, just start with one day. One day. And, and so that's a good, good, good place to start. One day. Someone says, well, I've never fasted before. How about if I fast a meal? Well, fast a meal. But don't sign up on the sheet, though, unless you're going to fast a day. Okay? I'm just telling you that, all right? That's fine if you've never fasted. You say, I'm just going to fast lunch. That's fine. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? That's between you and the Lord. But for the purpose of our, our, our fasting program here, we're going to do it for three weeks, and we're going to ask you to fast for a day. So if you fast Monday, you'll fast Monday. You fast Tuesday, Tuesday, so forth, so on. Okay? And basically, most of the fasts were short here. Now, who can fast? Well, anybody can, right? Well, 
that, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, I think about Anna in the Bible. She was about 84 years old. Anna in Luke chapter 2, verse 36. There was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Aser. She was of a great age, and she lived a, with her husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about four score and four years. That's four score. Score is 20, 84 years. And departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And that's something. That's a pretty devoted lady there. 84 years old, she's fasting and praying. You know, that's something. Now, <clears throat> you, you don't, there's no real requirement. But let me just say this. If you have a rare medical condition, you may have to limit your fast. You've got to be careful. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you, you know, whatever. I mean, maybe you don't do an absolute fast. Maybe you have to drink water. Maybe you have to do something for your medication. I don't know. You know, that's, that's something between you and the Lord, okay? Um, as, you know, as long as you're relatively healthy, however, fasting's pretty safe. As a matter of fact, it's good for your body. Um, fasting is healthy. It's beneficial. It purges your system. It cleanses you out. So that's a good thing. God knows what He's doing. He asks us to do something spiritually that helps us physically too. Isn't that something? I've often thought about fast. I used to tease my wife and say, I think I'm going to go on a fast because I need to lose a lot of weight. But if I'm doing it for losing weight, I'm really not doing it for spiritual reason. So I've got to be careful with that. You, you know, you don't mix business with pleasure. You've got to be careful with that. Okay? So he says, well, I'll get knock out two birds with one stone. I'm going to do me a big fast and lose 10 pounds. Well, that's not really the purpose of fasting. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, you're getting kind of mixed up there. So... Try not to overdo, you know, try not to kind of, you know, like I say, don't try to get over, you know. Uh, understand what the fast is about. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Where, where should you fast? Where should you fast? And, and you're going to say, this is a crazy way to put it. Well, you should fast before God and not men. Okay, now, now this is important too when you're fasting. This is really good. We already read some of it in Matthew 6. Turn, if you would, back there again if you're not there. Matthew six sixteen. You should be there, most of you or at least pretty close, Matthew 6, 16 through 18. This is important, all right? <clears throat> the Bible says there, Matthew 6, 16 through 18, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. Now, can I, you know, maybe I can get some, get some help up here. Cody, you look like somebody that can help me. Why don't you come on up here, Cody? Come on, Cody. Come on. Move with some, you know. Now, Cody, would you please just portray a sad countenance, would you? That's sad. See that? Can you see that? That's pretty obvious, isn't it? That's, that's obvious. Look at that. Sad countenance. Oh, what's wrong, Cody? What's wrong, big boy? I'm just doing this fast. Now, wait a second. There's a difference. Cody, just be normal now. Be normal. <laughs> okay, so, so Cody's doing good now. Cody's doing good. You can't tell nothing, right? But, but sad countenance. Sad. Normal. Sad. See? See, all right. Thanks, Cody. You can go down. Go on. Now, you know, I know that seems ridiculous, and everybody's like, oh, that's nuts. But the Bible says, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. 
What are they saying? What's he saying? They want everybody to know they are fasting. They are really sacrificing for the Lord. Look at them. Wow. Look how miserable they are. You know, he says, well, guess what? They have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto the Father which is in, which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Boy, I'll tell you what, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Now, I've caught men, guys, some of our young men around here, they, they fast and they'll have all-night prayer meetings and stuff. Listen, I, I, you know what? I've caught them. I've said something like, hey, so what's going on? You want to, you know, well, let's go get something to eat. And they'll say, Ugh. I'm like, well, you guys don't want to eat? And then that hits me. Oh, they're fasting. They don't want to tell me. They don't want everybody to know. And I like that. That's important. No, I should have not known. They just, Oh, I'm, I'll catch up to you guys. I'll be there in a minute. I'm just really tired and wore out. Yeah, are you kidding me? Fasting? Okay. I mean, the, the, well, that's before men now. So where should you fast? Before God. It, who, who, who sears in secret. And by the way, that's true when you're not feeling good. Do you know when you come... Let me just tell you this. When you come to church, if you're not feeling good, do the best you can to not appear to be not feeling good. I'm not trying to be, I mean, if you're, you're really sick. I mean, like I was at Brother Bobby Robertson's church for the Sword of the Lord convention, and they wheeled some guy in on a stretcher, uh, like, and they walked him in. He's laid down flat on his back, and they had to roll him right up the aisle, and he lays there on his back as the, he, the preaching takes place. Let me tell you something. There's something wrong with him. You know how I can tell? He's on a stretcher. But you want to know something? I shouldn't know that when somebody just walks in on their own strength. There's a couple of our older folks in this room right now that are in pain right now. They're in excruciating pain. Their backs are hurting them. Their bodies are aching. You would never know that. You want to know why? Because they don't want to draw attention to them. They want Christ to get the attention. They don't want everybody going, oh, are you okay? Oh. They don't want attention like that. They want God to be glorified. They want Him to be magnified. They want attention to be up front where it belongs and not on them. Hey, I appreciate that kind of mentality and attitude. And God sometimes is very happy, obviously, all the time when we ensure that He's the one that gets the glory. But fasting, we've got to be careful of that. Let's make sure that when we're fasting, we're fasting before the Lord. That's where we need to fast. Now, also, the nature of fasting. What, what's it really about? Well, fasting is about afflicting oneself before God. Afflicting. It's, deny the fl- it's denying the flesh. It's saying no to self. Again, I mean, food is the most basic, one of the most basic needs in our life. It is the most basic need. You have to have food and water. You have to have that or you do not live or exist. And you know what? When you deny that, it sometimes is difficult. It hurts. It, it, it's not easy. Your stomach doesn't feel good. You, you, you get those, that empty feeling, you know? And you get weak. And some people get headaches when they don't eat. Things like that. I mean, it's, it's miserable sometimes. And um, fasting, by nature, is, is afflicting yourself. In Isaiah 58, 3, Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast, ye find pleasure and exact all your labors. Again, afflicted our souls. We've afflicted them. 
That's what we're doing. We're effectively afflicting our souls. We are on purpose denying ourselves something that we desperately need. Psalm 35, 13 says, But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned into my own bosom. He goes on in Psalm 69, 10, When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that was to my reproach. He chastened his soul to fasting. I mean, that's chastened my soul with fasting. In Psalm chapter 109, verse 23, My knees are weak through fasting, and my flesh faileth of fatness. He's saying, man, I am so weak from fasting. Can you imagine? I mean, that's, that's, I don't know if you've ever gone without food for two, three days. You, you, you start to go without food, and next thing you know, you feel cold, and you feel weak. You, you ever been there? Well, this is what you're afflicting your body. And that's what fasting basically is. And someone says, well, why would I do that? What's the purpose of it? Why, why would I do that? Well, I guess the result of fasting is the next thing that we need to understand then. Fasting accomplishes a couple of things. One, it frees the hand of God. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying that, God, that God's not anxious to bless us already. So that's not the issue here. We don't fast because we just can't get God to do anything good for us. So I'm going to have to fast because God just doesn't want to bless. That's not it at all. But may I say this? There are sometimes there are things in our life that, and we have allowed the flesh to have control of our, our body. Sometimes we're not really walking in the spirit as we ought. And I'll tell you what, a good fast will have a tendency to, you know, to, to crucify that flesh of ours, put us in the right relationship with God, and in turn, free his hands to bless and to work in our life. Not only that, but we find also that fasting will withhold the wrath of God. We notice that over in the book of Jonah, chapter 3, verse 10, and God saw their works, and they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that He had said that He would do unto them, and He did it not. Why? Because of the fast. He saw the sincerity of their heart. He recognized the fact that they were paying a price, that they had understood that they had truly, truly uh, um, displeased God with their rebellion and their sin. And, and it withheld the wrath of God. But also fasting looses the hold of Satan. And that's important to understand. In Isaiah 58, 6, one of the greatest chapters in the Bible on fasting, it says, Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of the wicked? To undo the heavy burden? And to let the oppressed go free? And that ye break every yoke? You get that? You know what? We live in a culture and a society that is so fleshly. We are so motivated by the flesh. We operate in the flesh. And, and sometimes we, become, we get to the point where we honestly believe we're extremely spiritual. Just because we go to church. Just because we serve in the bus ministry or we teach Sunday school. We've got to be really holy. We really have to be separated unto God. We must be really spiritual. Let me tell you something. We are operating in our flesh so often. I think one day when we get to heaven, we're going to be sadly disappointed at what we could have attained and what we could have accomplished if we'd have truly walked in the Spirit and not operated in the flesh. And I'm talking about pastors. I'm talking about people in pews. I'm talking about all of us in Christianity and the generation in which we live. 
Is not this the fast that I've chosen to loose the bands of the wicked, to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free and that, and that ye break every yoke? Let me tell you, Satan has a grip and he has a hold. And often he has that hold even in the lives of believers. We often say things like, well, we can't be possessed, but we could be oppressed. Well, whatever you believe about that, it doesn't even matter at this point as far as the, the Bible's concerned, fasting-wise. But let me tell you something. I can guarantee you this. You can be a Christian and still have Satan holding you down and holding you back. Yes, amen. He can have you bound. And fasting will help to loose the hold that Satan has in your life. And let me tell you, there's, there's satanic warfare taking place at Community Baptist Temple. You know, and as we gather together as a church and we fast, we are asking God to break loose the hold or the bind that Satan has on this ministry potentially, even on the finances of this ministry. Listen, let me tell you something. It's possible somebody could be being bound by Satan and their pockets aren't loosed. Wouldn't it be something if God, the, the God of this world would be, would, his hands would be loosed and people's hands would be free to go... It happens. I'm just saying that Satan is an is, is a adversary that is very subtle and very wise. And the truth is, is that fasting looses the hold of Satan. So it frees the hand of God, it withholds the wrath of God, and it looses the hold of Satan in our life. That's what fasting's about. Man, I don't want Satan to have a stronghold in this ministry. I don't want to have a stronghold in my life. I don't want to have a stronghold in my marriage. And fasting will help. To loose those binds that Satan has because we're denying the flesh. We're, we're dying to self. And boy, that honors God. It puts us in a place of blessing in, the, in, 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 the, the, in a blessing in our life. Throughout the Bible, we read about sackcloth and ashes. Now, when they fast a lot of times, you, you, you remember reading about that, right? They, they, they fast with sackcloth and ashes. Well, sackcloth could be likened to our burlap sacks, we'll say, a very, a very rough material that's abrasive to the skin. They'd put this stuff over them, they'd wear it, and, um, well, they'd cover themselves with ashen, with all this stuff. I mean, they just, you know, you don't have to do that, okay? Uh, you'd look kind of funny going to work like that. So you don't have to do that. It would be hard to not look like you're fasting in burlap sacks today, all right? So, so that, that's not necessary. You don't need to do that. That's an element of the heart, though. It's a reflection of our heart, a brokenness, a brokenness, a willingness to, again, suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ, to deny self. <clears throat> Fasting enables the seemingly impossible to be accomplished. And let's close with these verses. Look, if you will, in Matthew chapter seven, uh, 17. A number of the patriarchs of the faith, as well as a number of great men and women of God through the years, have a history, personal history of fasting. Um, I, I think there's something to it, folks. I mean, 
God's in that thing. And, and I trust you fasted before, and if you haven't, you'll have an opportunity to even this week and the next three weeks. But God does work when he knows we're serious. There's something about that. Notice what it says in Matthew 17, <clears throat> verse 21, excuse me, verse 14. Matthew 17, verse 14. When they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I besought him to thy disciples, brought him to thy disciples. They could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? I mean, they were doing all kind of other things. They were doing tremendous miracles. And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say to this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it? This kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Obviously, fasting increases our faith, too. But we notice that prayer and fasting together. I mean, asking you shall receive. Not, you know, uh, he says, uh, knocking it shall be open. How's he say? Ask and you shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Ask and it, whatever. You know it. Let's see. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. There we go. I figured it out after a while. But nonetheless, we know that God answers prayer. But you combine fasting with it. Your faith will increase and the impossible will be accomplished. Now, it's not, it's not, it's not fun. It, 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 now, one day is not bad. Don't misunderstand me. One day is not bad at all. But... When you begin to fast and, and you take it on yourself because of a great need, and that's why we do what we do. <clears throat> you know, when I fast, it's because I have a great need or I have someone that has a great need or the ministry has a great need. And I say, man, this is important enough to deny myself so that God knows I mean business and I don't want Satan having control and I want God's hands free to work so I'm going to fast. And boy, I'll tell you what, God respects that if it's done with the right spirit and the right attitude. And I want to encourage you to be a part of this. I want to encourage you to put yourself out a little bit. It's not convenient, especially for somebody that's working, somebody that's physically working. And you're going to be tired and wore out. Next thing you know, you're not going to be eating. That, that's not easy. But you know what? It'll be well worth it. We want God to do something great here at Community Baptist Temple. You know, aren't you tired of watching Satan get the victory? Honestly. Do you know, the next time you're praying for a family member, a friend, and, and a situation, and, and, and it's not really happening, try fasting fast. We, we dismiss fasting. 
If I had a raise of hands in the room and said, who's fasted in the last year? I'll guarantee you there'd be very few hands go up in this room. But let me tell you something. In the Bible, we read a lot about fasting. There must be reason for it, right? This one cometh not but by, but by prayer and fasting. Boy, I tell you what, if we want this building to be occupied, I've got to believe that maybe we need to go another route other than just prayer. Maybe it's time to start fasting. I mean, we want to break the, 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 the chains and the, uh, the, the binding of Satan in the lives of men and women in a culture that we live in. Maybe we better start doing something more than just having a casual prayer. Maybe we need a little bit of fasting. And that's all my heart was when I put that little list together. Because I just think it's important that we show God we mean business. That we want God to give us what we need for that building to be in it because I do believe God will use that building and he'll use Community Baptist Temple in it and two I believe that neighbor day will not be what it ought to be if we just casually pray about it I think we need to take steps to let God know we're serious about seeing God work on the 4th of October and so let's go ahead and uh, uh, pray here in just a moment we're going to still we have our our um, communion to do We'll take just a moment to pray. Make sure you're prepared for communion tonight. If there's any, if there's any um, real, if you you know there's sin in your life, open sin in your life, deal with it. If there's something even hidden in your life that you're aware of, deal with it. Let's go to God's throne tonight and clean up so that we can take communion worthily. And. Um, We'll trust God with the rest of that, okay? Father, we come to you. <clears throat> we thank you again for this time together. And Lord, fasting, of course, is something that I think has been neglected quite often, at least, in uh, most believers' lives. And I'm praying, Lord, that tonight that we would make decisions to fast. May we even think right now what day we will uh, be willing to fast. And there will probably not be one convenient day. They will all be difficult. It will just be a tough choice because there's no easy one. But Lord, help us, Father, to make those decisions if we are physically able.